Before I get started on today's Mortcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block, which is really the alleyway between 18th and 19th. Um, they have been around since uh, late 2018. In fact, they just celebrated their one-year anniversary. Um, great place to enjoy wine. Um, really simply, if you like cabs, if you like pinots, if you like blends, if you like whites, Rieslings, really anything that you can think of in the in the wine department, they've got. And they have it from their own vineyards in Sonoma County, California. One of my favorite places to go in Denver. Great vibe, great atmosphere. Uh, I went there with a friend of mine a couple, couple of weeks ago, and we just sat there and just had fun. It, just, it was just a great time, enjoying great wine. My friend was not even a wine connoisseur such as me. Uh, and he really enjoyed the place, just for the vibe. Uh, great vibe, great new place in Denver. Uh, one of my favorite places to go. If you go in, t- talk to the wait staff, and they will set you up. Even if you're not a wine person like me, they will help you find what's great for you. Uh, you can have little tastes and see what's good. Uh, they got meats and cheeses and all that stuff that really you can think that comes with wines. Um, it's a great time to have a conversation with your friends. Uh, I enjoy taking my friends there. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wanzee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Uh, When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton sent you from CSG Podcast. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Uh, today's going to be an art, uh, a kind of a uh, exploration of what has gone on in regards to SB Nation slash Vox Media, um, and uh, in relation to what happened with them eliminating 200 contracting jobs and replacing them with 20 uh, employee jobs, quote unquote employee jobs. Um, let me get it right out of the way. I think being employee is better than being a contractor. Um, I think that um, everyone should strive to have employee benefits. I think everyone should strive to have the, particularly if you're going to have uh, be an employee, Vox as a union. You get union protections. Don't argue with me on this. Uh, it is It is better, and it's more worth your while. The problem is SB Nation, in particular... Uh, before they became part of Vox, along with Daily Co's and Huffington Post, really were the harbingers of what is known as now the gig economy. And they really became all that is wrong with the way the economy changed after the crash in 2008. Um, A deceptive uh, economy that really, and and this is not political, this is the truth, Um, a deceptive economy that really became something that it was never, ever, ever intended to be, and it was paying people as little as possible um, to do a, what essentially is full-time work of, of that you normally would have to go to journalism school, and uh, all this stuff in the past... Um, it became an easier, I mean, in some ways, better way <clears throat> to get into the industry. But it also was the Trojan horse which uh, media companies used to no, no longer pay people. Um, t- 
Tyler Blazinski and uh, Marcos Molistas uh, were two friends who had an idea. Uh, Marcos was obviously the famous Daily Coast site. And really, these sites really kind of exploded in about 2004 or five, right around there. You know, maybe even 2003. But it's really right around there, mid-2000s, when they exploded. Particularly that, the Huffington Post... They were all places that would use unpaid or very low-paid labor to um, aggregate articles, essentially, and then write silly opinion pieces. Essentially is what it was. Um, Tyler Blazinski had the uh, Oakland Athletics site on... uh, (laughs) It was an independent uh, uh, site. Um, A network was then formed, um, and... Marcos Molistas went out and started Daily Coes, which you have still going strong to this day. It's not what it really was in 2005 uh, when it had a you know antagonist like George W. Bush in office. Uh, it is a, is a liberal site. Uh, and it would use these people who are basically volunteering their time to aggregate these articles, post articles from other people, write something on them. Uh, and Athletics Nation was similar. Um, I don't think that's what it was called, but the one the Tyler Blazinski site was like that. A network was formed, and it was called SB Nation, Sports Blog Nation. And slowly over time, more sites began to be added. Uh, on the Denver side, Pickaxe and Roll, uh, which was founded by Jeremy Wagner in 2008, 7 or 8, right around there. Uh, it's a long time ago. It's 12 years ago, but I, I vaguely remember that was it. Um, and it was like people donating their time. It was a fan thing. Um just take this article here, repost it on your site, write, this is what this person said, basically. Write a paragraph on it. There you go. Put it out. Boom. Then you can write your own little site. But it was like putting that out there. I mean, Pickaxe and Roll didn't have many posts on it. Rarely had posts on it. Um, and Jeremy was running the site by himself uh, for a long time. And then, uh, obviously, our friend, yeah, my one of my closest friends, Nate Timmons, took over in 2000, uh, I believe it was 2008, uh, for the Western Conference Finals season. Um, and Nate really is the one who took Pickaxe and Roll to the point where it was, where it merged with Andy's uh, FireGeorgeCarl.com site. And then it became the Denver Sis we all know. I joined shortly after. Well, there you go from there. Um, but over time, these sites became bigger. And they became bigger money makers for uh, SB Nation, which was still called, which was still owned by itself then, SB Nation. Uh, and Tyler Blazinski was the, uh, was the head. And um, about, I would, say, I would say about 2012, mergers happened. Uh, Tyler uh, was able to merge, I believe, and, and merge with Vox Media or create Vox Media. I think it was a merger. And Tyler became president and took kind of a backseat to, to um, a fellow named Jim Bankhoff. Um, uh, but Marcos, uh, uh, not Marcos, but uh, Tyler Blazinski was still the founder. But that's where truly where 
SB Nation started to take off with the idea that you can bring on these writers uh, with an extremely small stipend. And when I say extremely small stipend, let me tell you, I, I on a monthly ba- basis, I earned uh, a tank of gas. Okay? That's how small it was. Uh, and I didn't even earn that until two years into writing at Denver Stiffs. Um, unpaid or very low-paid labor. And what they would do is sell ads on these multiple sites. It expanded over time. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. NFL sites, NBA sites, you know, the NHL site. It was just, it, it was huge. It was a huge network um, that spent primarily its, its big overhead on site design because there was a big redesign on the site in 2012. Um, if you, I, I invite everyone, to, if you could find the old, uh, if there's a cached version of it, of the old design at Denver Stiffs, of what we looked like before the big redesign in 2012, it's night and day, okay? It's just, it's just, we, we were looked more like a WordPress site in 2011, 10, 11, uh, right around there, all the way up to midway through 12. That's what we looked like. Um, <laughs> it's just night and day. But anyway, site design, site maintenance, servers, all that stuff. Uh, and then a very low, and I do mean low, overhead on labor. They sold ad upon ad upon ad upon ad on these sites. Click, 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 click. Massive network that spread out over everywhere. Same thing with Huffington Post, which I believe was the was maybe is considered the forebearer of everything, as far as this goes. But uh, Coes and uh, SB Nation were the same model, and it just spread like wildfire. And then there were sites like Denver Stiffs, and then I believe Blazer's Edge, which was the first one. But Denver Stiffs, uh, we worked hard. We always, <clears throat> Andy, Nate, and I came from. Journalism slash newspaper tradition. So we held ourselves to a higher standard than most blogs. If you talk to, even today, to Tyler Blazinski, who has long since um, retired from his, his uh, role as, found, as president and founder of uh, SB Nation, he would tell you that the goal of SB Nation was just to be fan sites. There was never the goal to have media and credentials that wasn't part of the plan. Uh, sites like Blazers Edge and Denver Stiffs and a couple other on the East Coast um, were the first way, way, way back when where we had other, other bigger goals and we were the Trojan horse to where credentialed, you know, credentials became a, a way a for compens- uncompensated compensation essentially is what it is. Credentialing people is a, is a nice little hook to get people in. And and the strange thing here is, I, when I came on to Denver Stiff, and I think Andy and Nate would both say the same thing, we never thought of it as a gig. We never thought of it as a work. We came on and as the original intent to just be, not necessarily hobbyists, but you know do a good job on something that isn't necessarily a full-time gig. Um... It, uh, we just never considered it that way. We were paid, quote-unquote paid, an extremely small stipend. 
and it was just something we did. And then later on, it became like we could probably do media stuff, and we all had a more serious intent after that, and, and most of that is due to our friend Nate Timmons, who became the reason all of the people in the, all the blogs in Denver became credentialed. Thank Nate Timmons for that. Nate is the one who worked hard and proved himself. It didn't didn't help didn't hurt that he had a journalism background. Um, didn't hurt that I had a newspaper background, and it didn't hurt that Andy had a media background, um, which is why we were considered a little different than others. You know, even though we were coming from the quote FireGeorgeCarl.com kind of um, thing that we had to overcome. This is all going on at the same time. Meanwhile, it explodes. It keeps exploding. Ads are going everywhere. Uh, SB Nation is making deals that they crowed about with, like, Apple and NBC and just things that are just becoming more and more and more partnership with Google. They would crow about this stuff, and none of it reflected in what they paid the writers. They still considered them to be fan posts, basically. And several times, uh, I'm not going to reveal names here, but several times uh, we would complain to various people about how we were doing all this work on a serious level, being credentialed media. One of the few uh, credentialed media outlets on SB Nation, and uh, it became a mantra to say we're it was never intended to be fan, excuse me, media. It was intended to be fan posts. And we were expected to be fans. Therefore, the hard work we did to get seriously and seriously respected by the media and specifically the Nuggets in, you know, 2012, 2011, 12, right? There's when we did the hard work. Uh, that didn't matter. Uh, that has, was a completely different subject. Um, that was something we did on our own time. Therefore, we shouldn't be rewarded for that. And it became a very, very bad point of contention among the three of us. Um, that I think probably influenced why we made certain decisions going forward. Um, Denver Stiffs was always fiercely independent from the structure of SB Nation uh, during our reign. And we did our own thing regardless. They wanted us to have posts a day. We wouldn't do it. They wanted us to do basically things that would make us full-time without being compensated. And what were they going to do? Fire us for making a tank of gas a month? You know, so... (laughs) So we just did our own thing, and I think that made us better. Uh, CSG Podcast was formed in 2011, and we specifically made it independent. Uh, Nate and Ross really had the, had the idea to make it independent from the SB Nation network, which wasn't existing at the time. We didn't register it with, we didn't call it the Denver Stiffs Podcast because SB Nation owns the name Denver Stiffs. Anything associated with Denver Stiffs is going to be owned by them. We made it Colorado Sports Guys Podcast, did it our own thing, and it became what it became, almost entirely independent of Denver Stiffs. But it, we, our tangential relationship with Denver Stiffs really helped. All that being said, 
uh, I think it was last year, California passed uh, some laws dictating that basically the gig economy is, is the jig is up in California. Essentially is what it is. Um, and the, the effect it had on SB Nation was rather than take your massive, I do mean massive, profits and dedicate it to 200 employees... They decided to cut 200 contracting jobs and make it turn it into 20 employees. And I can almost guarantee you that these 20 employees are going to not be making much. And that is the disappointing part. That is the disappointing part. Other than the fact that SB Nation, for whatever freaking reason, decided to... Uh, fire these people essentially on Twitter. It 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 was a shocking, shocking thing. I've 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 never seen a a network self-immolate as much as I've seen SB Nation. They can't handle, and it seems it's very clear SB Nation can't handle the idea that someone has going to have to cut into their profits, and that is what they have become. It become a, an extreme, an out of control, profit driven venture that um, can't see past its nose. A lot of these people who have worked at SB Nation for, I mean, people have worked. I mean, I was the, I was at Denver Sisters for seven years. Okay, I remove myself from this. Remove Jeff Morton because we, uh, my time at Denver Stiffs was a time. Setting up what SB Nation became, okay? And by the last two years where SB Nation really exploded, I was mentally checked out. I was so embittered by the process that I, I couldn't pay attention anymore. Nate had left, which kind of like gutted our 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 uh, triumvirate with Andy, Nate, and I. And we had become, Andy and I basically checked it, mentally checked out then, which is something I think to our detriment. Um, is like we should have we should have paid more attention. Thank God for Adam Marez for coming in to uh, right the ship and take it even higher. But Adam really did a lot of the things that SB Nation was trying to get Andy Nate and I to do. Um, you had three Gen Xers who were like, "Screw you! We're going to do what we want, and uh, what you're going to do about it?" Essentially, <laughs> is what it was. And they couldn't they couldn't fire us for doing a good job. Essentially, is what it was. Um, but they've done this to these people, and it's not fair. Um, none of this is fair. Uh, they've created the gig economy, and then have been shocked that people don't want to be paid below uh, below poverty level for full time work. And uh, using the carrot and the stick, which, once again, I have to apologize for. Uh, I feel that it has done a disservice to people who have come after us. The fact that that we have this ability to be credentialed. um, I think that uh, it's a good thing that it turned into a bad thing. The credential became, became a form of compensation, and it never should have been. Um, But in the grand scheme of things... SB Nation's inability to really distribute their profits in a fair way 
on the basis of really a prop flame going on going over me I apologize um, the, the SB Nation's inability to distribute their profits in a fair and equitable way despite making merger uh, I mean not merger upon merger but partnerships that rake them in money and these things they would and I, I make no bones about this they would crow about them in emails about how they many times they get they entered into these profit huge huge um, uh, very profitable um, like partnerships that expanded their reach but never filtered down to the people who actually did the work never and the the model of working someone to death for nothing and then making massive profit on top of that what what kind of model is that that's like that's like corporate slavery is what that is it was good that they decided to make people employees it was bad that they didn't decide to say we're going to make all 200 of you who have been here for a good amount of time, not the, not the casuals, but the people who have been here a good amount of time, who put in the work, going to make all of you employees. That's what they should have done. Rather, they eliminated all, all 200 jobs and are replacing them with 20. And, my friends, that is sick. And thank God for Deadspin in 2017. For putting out those articles about how uh, how SB Nation was massively profiting from uh, uh, unpaid labor, essentially, and that kind of changed a culture after I had left, changed a culture uh, at SB Nation a little bit, but you could see the effects. How they don't know how to deal with the fact that you're going to need to employ people. Yes, it will become more selective. That's a natural thing. Becoming more selective is a natural thing because once you once you have employees, you're going to need to naturally be like, you, you can't just say, uh, have anyone there as a quote employee. You just can't arbitrarily employ people, right? But you can also take people who have been working at, at SB Nation and say, you can have a job here. We're giving you the option. You know, and, and one of the, the shittiest things is they fired them on Twitter. They fired these people on Twitter. No email. No indication that this was going to happen. They just fired them on Twitter and then said, we're going to replace them with 20 jobs. It is absolutely beyond repulsive, but this is what SB Nation becomes, and this is what happens when you invest in the gig economy, an economy that's designed to keep people poor. It's an economy that's designed to keep people working constantly uh, for nothing. Uh, once again, don't I, I got to reiterate this? Don't include me in this. I knew what I was getting into. It was frustrating, and that's why I left. And I'm doing just a podcast. That's why I left. I couldn't do a lot of work for nothing anymore. And I think 
I wouldn't blame a lot of the other people if they made the same decision. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.